pizza in Argentina, pizza in Naples, and two kinds of pizza in Chicago. This week, it's all about pizza. Traveling the world to bring you delicious dishes, tasty beverages, and interesting experiences. This is the Destination Eat Drink Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I'm Brent Peterson. Welcome to Destination Eat Drink, the travel podcast for foodies. This is the place where we explore the food that this great big world has to offer. And this week, it's a dish that you can find just about anywhere in the world, pizza. And depending on where you travel in the world, pizza can be quite different. Lots of cities have their own spin on crust, sauce, and cheese, and I've talked to lots of people over the years about it, so I put together a few of my favorite conversations about pizza. I've also written quite a bit about pizza on my website, DestinationEatDrink.com. My latest blog post is about the pizza I grew up on when we lived in Chicagoland. And no, even though I say Chicago, it wasn't the so-called Chicago-style deep-dish stuffed pizza. It was a thin crust pizza called tavern-style pizza. And I share my thoughts on this pizza and some of my favorite places to get it around the Windy City. That's at DestinationEatDrink.com slash blog. So let's jump into different pizzas from around the world. I've had Shafik Meji on the program a couple of times talking about Argentina. He's a He's a guidebook writer, a travel writer who's written articles about places all over the world. He specializes in South America, though, so we had him on to talk about Argentina. And in fact, we'll have Shafik on next week to talk about Easter Island, so don't miss that. But right now, here's Shafik telling me a little bit about pizza in Argentina. Destination, eat, drink. Pizza is a huge thing in Argentina. You find it served across the country. Um, you know, Buenos Aires is sometimes described as the pizza capital of South America. There's a huge, huge number of, of pizzerias. Again, like as with ice cream parlors and so on, there's, there's one on virtually every block. But the pizza itself actually has more in common with um, uh, the pizza that, that you'll find in America. It's typically uh, a deeper dish um, style. Um, rather than the Italian style, and even um, a lot of the ingredients, uh, a lot of the toppings, rather, again, very similar to, um, to to the US style. There are specific variations on that. One thing to look out for is the uh, fugazetta, which, um, apart from having a wonderful name, is a um, it's it's a it's one of these pizzas, and it's heaped with cheese and onions, and that's uh, yeah. I mean, it's 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 super filling. Don't expect to. Uh, to, to do much activity afterwards, but that's a classic. That's a classic um, Argentine, particularly Buenos Aires um, style pizza. Um, the other thing, um, which is perhaps more reflective of um, the uh, the Italian roots of pizza, is something called faina, which is essentially a um, a chickpea cake. So it's very traditional to have a uh, you know a slice of pizza with a slice of this um, this chickpea cake. Um, you're getting a lot of carbs with this, I should say, but um, but yeah, that's that's a really it's 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 very, I mean it's a very interesting um, interesting flavor and it's it's kind of it's very uh, yeah very very typical of uh, of Buenos Aires. My friend Fiorella Squillante is a culinary tour guide in Naples, Italy, the city where modern pizza originated. She's an expert on history, cuisine, and culture 
in Naples, and she runs private tours there. You can get her information in the show notes at radiomisfits.com slash ded131. Here's a little of me and Fiorella talking about the history of Naples pizza and why Neapolitan pizza is so very special. Pizza in America and pizza in Naples are are different in that you know sure. in, in the US sure. we love to we love to put all this stuff on top. In Naples know, it's this beautiful this problem. <laughs> it's this beautiful simplicity. <laughs> this can be a big problem <laughs> exactly. So let's start from the origin. Almost everybody knows that uh, in 1889 Pizza Margherita was invented in Naples and everybody knows that pizza existed way before Margherita was invented. Maybe the name pizza comes from the Greek pita, like the pita bread. You know? We know about focacce and uh, flat bread found also, for example, in, uh, in, the, uh, in many archaeological areas. Anyway, 1889 is when Raffaele Esposito, a cook of a still good, the still good pizzeria Brandi, uh, he was given the great task of creating a meal for Queen Margherita of Savoy, uh, the first queen after the unification of Italy. And the result is this patriotic pizza baked in the oven of Capodimonte, Royal Palace, the painting gallery I mentioned before, um, and obviously the pizza has the colors of the Italian flag. So green basil, white mozzarella, and red tomato. The dough is what probably makes uh, Neapolitan pizza different, because obviously the ingredients are very simple. It's made of flour, salt, fresh cheese, or starter, and water. Uh, in the past, we used to think that the difference was in the water. Um, because Naples tap water has always been considered a very good water. And also, uh, we thought that maybe the cl- climate and the level of humidity in the air, which I still think it's really important, but what now everybody agrees about is that probably what makes the difference is a longer fermentation time. Mm, some yes. pizzerias, some pizza places today, they do from 20 hours to 48 hours of fermentation. That obviously to get till 40 hours, you need to include fermentation at room temperature, but also the remaining time has to ferment in the fridge. Otherwise, it becomes acid. And obviously, during this long time, the gluten rises slowly and naturally. And this is what makes the crust soft and elastic. The chewy crust is what makes pizza in Naples different. And also because during the slow fermentation, as we know, the sugar in the gluten produces more uh, carbon dioxide. That means that there are more bubbles of air in the crust. And so this uh, makes uh, the pizza dough of Neapolitan pizza very, very different. The bubble, the bubbles of air, which are especially in the crust, in the frame of uh, the pizza. And then the art of the pizzaiolo. I mean, I've tried, I've done so many pizza making tours in my life. And I have watched expert pizzaioli stretching the dough and I learned some secrets, but I'm not good. I'm not good enough <laughs> still. 
I still have to practice. I mean, <laughs> I bought a table at home with a marble top where I sometimes try <laughs> to do the same gesture. But believe me, you need to do 300 feet a day to reach the level of Naples Pizzaiolo. Uh, and then, as you said, as you said, the main also another big difference is the topping. In other countries, there's too much ingredients on top. And sometimes also we contrast uh, contrasting flavors. While in Naples, we use less ingredients on the top. And this makes a, a big, big difference. Uh, so obviously, for example, the margherita. Margherita, which is still the queen no, of the pizza, uh, uh, is made with uh, uh, tomato sauce, which is a fresh uh, tomato sauce, and then a fior di latte, the cow milk mozzarella, uh, and then uh, a leaf of basil and a little bit of extra virgin olive oil. That's it. Then, obviously, you can ask for a um, different type of margherita, like the one with provola, so the smoked mozzarella instead of the fior di latte, or the buffalo milk oh, mozzarella. My favorite at the moment is the one I went uh, to yesterday. It's called the Pizzeria Antico Borgo Vergini, which is in the uh, historical center in an area called Sanita. And the pizzaiolo, the pizza maker, uh, Ciro Pellecchia is called, uh, he used to work in a very famous uh, pizzeria where, again, the line is endless. Uh, the pizzeria where he was working to is called Concettina e Tressanti, and now, which is still good, but when he was working there, he was my favorite pizza maker because the way he can stretch the dough is to me amazing. And so, uh, the dilemma when you go to the Pizzeria Antico Borgo Vergine is uh, what to choose <laughs> because uh, he makes, yeah, it's a dilemma. I'm always uh, very stressed and under pressure because I don't know if to have the calzone al ragù, which is something <laughs> really filling. I don't know if you can finish that. <laughs> you could finish the pizza at Sorbillo, but I'm not sure you can finish the calzone al forno, which is made with, uh, uh, it's a baked calzone uh, pizza filled with ragu sauce and meat and this is a very fresh and creamy ricotta cheese and fior di latte uh, it's to die for and also another pizza which I love at this place is the marinara with anchovies which uh, as you know is a pizza without cheese and uh, I mean uh, this is the way we judge a good pizza. If there's no cheese, every other ingredient, and above all, the pizza dough has to be perfect. But yesterday I had this uh, Nerano pizza. The Nerano pizza. Nerano is the name of a beautiful town in uh, Sorrento Peninsula. And pizza alla Nerano, because in Nerano, one restaurant invented this uh, spaghetti pasta with uh, zucchini and a secret ingredient that now is no more that secret. But anyway, so this Nerano pizza is a white pizza, so there's no tomato, with provola cheese, so smoked mozzarella, some grated lemon peel, and thin, very thin fried zucchini on top. 
Oh, uh, and in this place, I always to die for. This place where I go, there is also the whole fried zucchini blossom on top mm. and flakes. Uh, I know and flakes of provolone del Monaco, which is a uh, a typical cheese of uh, our region. If we want to translate is the monk cheese, even if it has nothing to do with the monks, because it was not invented by a monk, but the name comes from the shepherds of the mountains where the uh, milk of uh, to make this provolone was made. They used to wear a sackcloth, so similar in a way to a monk tunic. So that's why it's called the provolone del Monaco. And it's uh, this uh, semi-hard cheese with a uh, stretch curd, so pasta filata. Uh, and it's made with a very peculiar uh, processing technique. And a big percentage of the milk used for this uh, specific provolone comes from Magerola, which is a village on the Latari Mountains, the chain of mountains in Sorrento Peninsula, which are also famous for the Fior di Latte cheese that we use on the Margherita pizza. Uh, it's delicious. So if you come to Naples, we go there and you can order the Nerano pizza and then you can understand what I'm talking about. I, I, I love it already and I haven't even tasted it yet. <laughs> You're already desperate to try. Yeah, I know. I want to get on a plane just for the pizza. Ket Neville is the creator and host of one of my favorite TV shows on PBS called Tastemakers. In it, she travels all over the U.S. to discover the food artisans and growers who make unique products. And when I spoke to her a couple years ago, we talked about some of the places that she's visited in the United States. But in this podcast, we're going to hear her talk about her town of St. Louis, Missouri, because St. Louis has their own spin on pizza. It's called St. Louis style pizza. And here's Kat telling us about it. Okay. So St. Louis style pizza, which I like, even though I am not from St. Louis, it has a very thin crust. Um, and then the, the tomato sauce, which is applied in a relatively thin layer is kind of sweet and has a lot of oregano. Um, and whatever toppings, that's fine. But what distinguishes St. Louis style pizza that if you live in St. Louis, um, this is kind of a, a point of contention for many, many people. It is the Provel cheese and Provel cheese is, um, you really can't find it outside of St. Louis, uh, very easily. It is, and you, it's like capital P. So it's actually a trademark type of cheese that mixes together, uh, provolone and Swiss and cheddar and a little bit of, um, smoke, uh, like smoke flavoring, believe it or not. And it melts kind of like, uh, it melts really, really, cr it's very creamy. And so it melts into all the, it's a mixture of cheeses, cat. It's a processed cheese. Okay. So the, very they interesting. process together okay. all, yeah, they process together all these kinds of cheese. And, um, and so it melts, uh, into this kind of creaminess that, and that's one of the things that distinguishes St. Louis style pizza as well Is you want it to be cooked a little too much. Like you want that cheese to really kind of get into all the nooks and crannies and for it to be just a little bit caramelized on top. That's when it's a really perfect St. Louis style pizza. Chicago is known for its deep dish stuffed pizza. In fact, everyone knows this kind of pizza as Chicago style pizza. 
Jonathan Porter runs a company called Chicago Pizza Tours. They sample all kinds of pizza in Chicago, not just deep dish pizza. But he and I did talk about the famous deep dish stuffed pizza from Chicago. And here's a bit of that. So, so the deep dish pizza, and the best way for me to describe it is to just show you how, or tell you how it's been constructed. Uh, a deep dish pizza is going to be cooked in a about one inch high uh, cake pan that's been seasoned to cook pizzas in. And the way they'll, they'll make a deep dish pizza is that you're going to use a dough that uh, doesn't have a, a strong yeast to it, not a lot of air within that dough, and it's got a lot of oil in it as well. And Basically, what you do is you take that one inch deep pan and you coat the bottom of it with a mixture of corn oil and vegetable oil. Then you take your dough and you pat it down gently as you spin the pan in a, in a circular motion. And you, what you're doing is you're working the dough all the way across the bottom of the pan. Once it gets to the edges, you start pulling it up on the edges with your fingertips. Then after that, you're going to lay down slices of mozzarella. Always slices, never shredded cheese. Right, right. And those slices of mozzarella, for the longest time, I thought that it was the reason they use slices was so that it would create that barrier level so that the sauce from on top, the liquidy sauce on top, wouldn't kind of penetrate into the dough and make it a little bit soggy because deep dish pizza is always real crispy on the bottom. Right. Um, but then I was making a pizza last year. I was fortunate enough to have Mark Malnati from Lou Malnati's make. Oh a... yeah, the guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he, he was he was teaching me how to make deep dish pizza. They were, I was working on a book with somebody, uh, not my book, but I, they had hired me as a consultant to help them out. And we were in the kitchen, and he was showing us. And he goes, he looks at me, and uh, he says to me, "You know why we use slices, right?" And I'm like, you know, here I am. I've been doing this for nine years at this point. I'm like, yeah, you know. <laughs> so make sure none of that sauce gets in there and sagifies our pizza. I know sagify is not a real word, but I'm still going to use it. You know? <laughs> and he looks at me like I'm a clown. And he's like, no, which is so funny, too, because his personality is, is really good. And he just goes, the reason for the mozzarella being sliced like that is for the application of sausage. Because across the country, pepperoni is the number one topping by far. But in Chicago, it's all right. about sausage. And what they figured right. when they were inventing that pizza was that if they laid down uh, uh, basically a flat surface of cheese, they were able to pinch and, and basically push the sausage onto the pizza much quicker than if there was shredded cheese down there first. So that was one thing I learned, you know, nine years afterwards, that, that that's why they use slices of mozzarella. I had no idea. And then the other the other thing about Chicago style pizza, of course, and you sort of touched on this, John, is that the sauce goes on top, not on not on the bottom. Right. So after you lay down your slices of mozzarella, your sausage, then you get a big, chunky, hearty sauce. Most of the time, what they'll do is they'll get um, California grown uh, canned tomatoes that are are peeled and they're in puree. And what you do, the best way to put that sauce on is to just grab two hands into the tomato bin. You're grabbing whole peeled tomatoes, basically. And as you put them over the pizza, you give them a good squeeze that breaks it all up a little bit. And then you just pat them down onto the top of it. Very rarely do you, I mean, I guess you could use a ladle too, but for the most part, it's a hands-on experience to get those tomatoes on there. And they're big, chunky, uncooked tomatoes. They've never been cooked until they go into the oven for the first time. And then I, people exaggerate the, the actual baking times of, of deep dish pizzas. I think what that mainly comes from is, is how long it actually takes for you to get your deep dish pizza. I think a lot of people don't take into account that there are several orders ahead of theirs and it takes <laughs> right. to 
you know, get it, get it made on the line before they put it in. But it's typically about 25 minutes in the oven, uh, you know, somewhere around 500 degrees or so. Uh, and that's the first time the sauce will be cooked is, is in the in the oven on the pizza. The tomatoes go on there. And the reason for that is is the more you cook down tomatoes, the less sweet they are. You start to, you know, cook away some of the sugars. Um, so you typically want a an, un, you know, tomatoes that are, are not doctored up with sugar, oregano and all those types of spices. You want fresh tomatoes on there uh and you want to pull out some of the natural sugars and have that sweetness uh to it um so deep dish pizza and then it comes to you you, you cut that in a pie pie shape so you get eight slices on a large pizza um and it's it's thick but it's not the biggest pizza we have in chicago the stuffed pizza is a little bit bigger and people always mistake that one for deep dish uh true deep dish should be about an inch high or so the crust shouldn't be super thick uh but it should be Nice, firm, brittle. Uh, another thing is, too, you know, you want to sit down with a knife and fork and eat it on a plate, but usually the crust is so firm that if you wanted to, you could pick it up with your hand and, and eat it like a slice. I don't see a lot of people that do that, but you, you could do it if you're on the move, I guess. Okay, that's Chicago deep dish pizza, but there's other kinds of pizza in Chicago. In fact, most Chicagoans eat what's known as tavern-style pizza, much more than the better-known deep dish pizza. And John Porter told me about the origin of tavern-style pizza and some of the best pizza joints in the Windy City. It's a circular pizza that is then cut into squares. And the reason they do that is because this pizza was developed um, in, in bars, basically. A, a place like Vito and Nick's uh, on the south side, you know, they've been doing it since 1945, and that place starts as a bar. What's great about Vito and Nick's is, and it, it, uh, Rose, who's the owner, um, you know, she, it was her father's place and, uh, and his father's. So we've gone through some of the history. This place opens as a tavern in 1920. And... <laughs> What's awesome about that is in 1920 is exactly when prohibition goes. Right. Into so <laughs> great timing. You, yeah, you don't open a bar. And the law goes into effect. Well, actually, 100 years ago uh, on January 17th. So, um, so basically, yeah, they open up a bar. It's not until the early 40s though that they really start. Um, you know, Nick convinces his dad to let him start putting on pizzas on the menu, and they developed this pizza that was more of a snack as opposed to a full-blown meal. And what the, the thought process of it was, was let's make the dough, but we're going to take the air out of it. We're not going to let it ferment like that bready type pizza. It's going to be real flat. We'll run it through a sheeter, which is basically two rolling pins that are really close together. You run it through the sheeter like two, three times, and it flattens that pizza out to super, super thin. And then you, you dress it up with their, your sauce, your cheese, and your toppings, and you, you slide it right into the pizza oven on the stone, and you crisp up the bottom of it. And, and what that does is the cheese actually, it, the cheese and the sauce go all the way to the edge. There's no what we call the cornicione on, on a slice of pizza or the handle that you would grab on a pie cut slice. Um, there's none of that. The cheese and the sauce go all the way to the edge, and the cheese oftentimes burns over and maybe even sneaks underneath it and you get a little bit of a brownish black spot that's crisps onto it the best part the best parts yeah um and uh and what you do is the when they pull that pizza out you know 12 minutes after uh being on the on the stone in the oven slice it up four times you know going across straight four times going across the other way you get yourself 16 square cut slices on a circular pizza and they would set that out on the bars 
And that was for free. And the patrons would just sit there and snack on that while they would keep drinking old style. Um, and, you know, that was, that was how these bars would do it. You, know, you had these working class people that would get off work three, four in the afternoon, head to the watering hole. And uh, by six o'clock, they'd be hungry. They'd go home. Well, not if you're, you're slinging out pie after pie and putting them on the bar. Now you can keep these guys there till you know, eight o'clock or so. They go home, go to sleep go back to work the next morning early and, and repeat. And, and that was really how that style starts to take over. And most of the pizzerias across the, uh, across Chicago from the, the South side to the North side and everywhere in between, um, I would say it was probably 85% of them were doing tavern style thin crust where there was like the 10 to 15% were doing deep dish. And meanwhile, we're known on the food network for deep dish and like you said, you, you were probably close to being a teenager when you, I think one of my friend's parents brought us to Uno's when I was like maybe eight years old and I'd never seen anything like it. Right. We went to second city for a show. Uh, it was a birthday party and then we went to Uno's. I'd never seen anything like it. I don't even think I liked it at first. And then <laughs> it wasn't until like my, my teenage years where, uh, my, my, my friends, one of them, you know, he was an older brother who I was friends with as well, but he got his driver's license. So here I am like a freshman in high school. And our parents are allowing us to go into the city to go to Gino's East for pizza on a Saturday night. And we wait in that long line um, and we get in there and you order your pizza and it takes an hour and a half, you know, but, <laughs> right. but the stipulation was that was the only place we could go to. And then we had to bring them back a full pizza as well. So <laughs> um, it, it was just pizza was always a big part of my life. I mean, you, you, you know, as a high school kid, you think it's the coolest thing ever when you can take your your, old, your friends uh, beat up a Volkswagen seventies Volkswagen Rabbit uh, into the city, find yourself a parking meter, throw some quarters in it, and and go out for pizza. You know, as a as a fourteen year old. You know, <laughs> you know the thing about the tavern style pizza. Going back to that real briefly, you said you you cut across four ways and then you cut back four ways, and so if you imagine a circular pizza, yeah, the inner the inner part is all even squares, but on the outer edge. They're not the same size. So you get these little tiny misshapen triangles and whatnot. And me and my brothers would always fight over those because those would be the crispiest little pieces that you would get, those little corner triangles that were close to the edge. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They're, they're almost like these uh, irregular rhombuses or something like yeah. that. You know? But um, you're absolutely, the, the best part about that, and, and that's why I truly love the tavern-style cut, is you get that dual texture, right? The outer pieces are extra crispy, but then those inside squares, and depending, sometimes they'll cut them even more than four across, they'll go five and five and that is when you really get those soft middle pieces that we would always say you can fold and pop where you basically would take an entire square fold it over and just throw it on in your mouth sure. as, as like a, you know like a chip or something like that but yes. yeah yeah the crispy outer pieces that you would savor and then the the softer inner pieces that you would just you know throw on and uh it's uh even talking about it right now i'm i'm, I'm getting hungry for some tavern style <laughs> that's that's the problem with this podcast is that when you're done you'll be starving uh where's yeah. your where's your favorite place to get a tavern style pizza in chicago uh there's so many good ones um you know, like I said, you know, there's there's a little over 2,000 pizzerias in Chicago, and uh, you know, mo 80 at this point now, it's probably about 75 percent of them are, are tavern style. But I, I love a place uh, called Flo and Santos in the South Loop. They're doing a true tavern style 
uh, thin crust pizza where they're using the Mancuso cheese and the, uh, the Stanislaw tomatoes and, and they get their sausage made from Polina meat markets. Um, they're, they're one of my favorites for it. Paisano's actually does a really good tavern style thin crust as well. They do it a bit differently though. They almost, they use the same dough that they have for their deep dish and they just turn it into a tavern style cut. It's a unique pizza. I really like it as well. We feature that on the tour, of course, too. Um, Vito Nix, which I mentioned for sure, that's like my special occasion pizza. You know, that's at like, I think it's 88 uh, and Pulaski. So it's, it's not exactly close to the downtown area. It's not close to where I live. Uh, but I try to get there, you know, usually three times a year, I would say. And it's usually some for something sort of celebratory. Um, and, uh, and I just love their pizza. But I mean, you, you, some of these places, I, I, I don't want to belittle them. They're a dime a dozen, man. You could find a million great little tavern style places, uh, even going up and down Archer Avenue um, in like the uh, kind of by, by Midway there. There's a place called Ogie's over there that's really good. Um, there's a place in River Forest not far from me uh, called Bertoli's, which is like, you know, one of my go to's. I'm, I'm there probably once a week in the summer, I would say. There's paths. There's, there's actually two paths. There's one in Lincoln Park. And there's one in the South Loop. They're brothers. They had a dough disagreement of some sort. <laughs> and they both own restaurants called Pat's now. Uh, but I, I love them both. Uh, you know, I, I, would, I lived in the South Loop for a good chunk of uh, my Chicago time there. So uh, the Pat's in the South Loop was one of my go-tos. Um, I love a place called Marie's up on the north side, Marie's Liquor. It's, uh, it's actually a like a lounge that you go into, right? And, um, you know, the red leather booths and the, the, the carpeting on the floor. They got the, um, oh gosh, what do you call the, uh, the, the cowboy type doors that, that lead to oh, the, the bathroom? Oh, the swinging doors, yeah. The swinging, yeah. They got those before the bed. It's like a time capsule, basically, when you go there. Oh, man, and, that place uh, sounds awesome. Here's the best part when you leave, you have to exit through their liquor store. So it's, <laughs> it's Marie's Packaged Goods. They have a liquor store attached to it. So there's only one way in and then one way out. You actually have to walk through their liquor store. Now, who in their right mind isn't going to go there, get pizzas and a few old styles or whatever, and then on the way out be like, ah, yeah, I'll take something too. You right. know, grab something for the, for the walk back home. Um, there's another place right around the corner from there too. That, and this is, where I, this is where I like to explore. It's all about the journey as opposed to finding the best slice. Everybody, like, I won't say everybody, but Marie's is a popular joint. It's a big restaurant. A lot of people go there. It's packed all the time. Uh, not more than, than four blocks away um, near the corner of Lawrence and Alston is a, a tiny little pizza shop called uh, Sano's. And Sano's has this beautiful folds oven in the window. It's a tiny oven that, that maybe holds five, six pizzas at tops in it, which is the Folds oven is a, a carousel. Think of like a Ferris wheel inside oh, okay. of a gas oven. And, um, and it's a small version of it. Usually they're as big as, uh, a, a, you know, half the size of a wall or something like this one's but just smaller than, a, than, a, than the size of a person. And uh, it's got, Frank is in the window running that pizza through a sheeter, putting the sauce on, dressing them up, putting them in the oven himself, taking it on himself. I have a buddy that lives right around the corner from there. And when we go to get pizza, we'll get it to bring back to maybe go watch football at his house. And he, he's like, Frank, don't, don't worry about it. Just, just put it in the box. I live right there. It's, it's fine. And this guy will, like a, like a mad scientist, throw down the cornmeal, put the pizza in. 
start to close the box, but like, no, wait, pick, takes the pizza out, <laughs> moves the cornmeal, puts the screen, redoes it again. It's like, no, it doesn't matter. We're, we're going to open it and tear into it in seconds, not minutes, seconds. <laughs> just just leave it, you know. But I, I love that. Kickoff is in two minutes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so, um, so there's – so there's so many, you know, I, I would hate to say that, oh, those are my favorite places because there's so many little places like that, um, neighborhood joints that like, you know, people go to that. That's their Thursday night or their Saturday night pizza place. Um, and there's, there's literally thousands of them, you know, scattered throughout the, the city and the suburbs. And, uh, you know, I just love places like that. So um, it's, it's, it reminds me of the, the, some of the pizzas I grew up eating, which are no longer around. Like, you know, uh, my Dad's family was from from Melrose Park, um, which you know we we would have a lot of Sunday dinners out there, and it would be all these different lounges that no longer exist anymore. These, these mobbed up joints that burn down in the middle of the night with nothing in it, you know. Surprise! Exactly, um, Capizzi's and and I, I can barely remember the name Jake's Lounge and Capizzi's <laughs> and all this stuff. But uh, but those are the types of pizzas I remember eating growing up, and and some of my earliest memories of pizza and and. Uh, you know, it's just a, it's like a, a treasure in Chicago. So I love bringing groups to places like that, places that you're not going to do a, a Yelp or a TripAdvisor search and be like, oh, I found this place, Sano's up on the it looks like it's about seven miles from our hotel and in the middle of uh, the, the Mayfair neighborhood, or, you know, right. Jefferson Park. <laughs> yeah, well, let's go there. You know, they, they wouldn't think to go to a place like that. So I, I love places like that, uh, you know, to talk about and showcase. Okay, there you go. A little taste of some of the conversations we've had about pizza on the podcast. And I've got links to all the original interviews that we did, the longer form interviews we did with all these guests in the show notes. You can get that at radiomisfits.com slash DED131. I, I know John at Chicago Pizza Tours is back out there now that the pandemic is winding down. So I've also got a link to Chicago Pizza Tours there and links to all my guests' online information. And speaking of wanting to get back out there and travel after the pandemic, we got on a plane a couple of weeks ago and traveled for the first time in over a year. We went to one of our favorite places, Austin, Texas, for a quick little getaway. And I got to say, Austin's got a lot of great new places to go. One of my favorite new places is a spot called The Beer Plant. It's in a nondescript little strip mall right next to Austin Pets Alive, a no-kill animal shelter in Austin. And we had a great meal there. They've also got some really nice beers on tap at the beer plant. We also had some good food in the domain, an area that's just exploded over the past few years. What was nothing 10 years ago is now the hottest neighborhood in Austin. In fact, folks refer to it now as downtown north. Anyway, we had so much fun. I went back and updated my Austin foodie travel guide at Destination Eat Drink, and I've got a lot of new info there. You can see that at DestinationEatDrink.com slash Austin. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Next week, we are on Easter Island for Underground Bananas and the Crazy Birdman Contest. Don't miss that. The Birdman story it will blow your mind. Trust me. Destination Eat Drink is distributed by the Radio Misfits Podcast Network and Pizza Quality Assurance Manager, Ed Silla. Thanks, Ed. I'm Brent Peterson. Get your shot, and I'll see you down the road. 
Join us next week for another culinary adventure on Destination Eat Drink, a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.